Hey there, and welcome to The Devotional. I'm Walter, the dyslexic bilingual hillbilly and pastor of the Rhine River Baptist Church. Today is Tuesday, February the 6th, 2024, and today is our 260th devotional. And today we're looking at Jehu, the furious driver. And uh, the verse that we'll look at is 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 20. It says this, and the watchman told, saying, He cometh even unto them, and cometh not again, and driveth, and the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimish, for he driveth, driveth furiously. So what is he talking about here? I just had to pick this one out because my mom would always say, You drive like a, a Jehu. And uh, when we would drive there in the country and drive around, faster than what we should, she she would liken it back to this verse here, that we drove crazy or drove furiously. And so what do we know about Jehu and what's going on here? Well, we first, um, I'll make a disclaimer, there was a prophet named Jehu uh, back before this, um, a few years before this Jehu. Um, but we first find out about him with Elijah. Uh, Elijah was um, had just conquered uh, the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel and run to the wilderness. He thought he was alone and no one was there to help him. And God says uh, that you will anoint Jehu to be king of Israel and anoint Elisha to be prophet in your place. And you will also anoint Haziel to be king of Syria, and these three men will do the work that you're not able to finish up here. So that was all back in 1 Kings chapter 19. Then you move up to 2 Kings chapter 9, and the whole story, the whole chapter is about Jehu and his exploits and how he um, fulfilled God's word uh, concerning the house of Ahab. Now, when when Ahab was confronted by Elijah uh, about the vineyard from Naboth, um, he repented. He uh, put on sackcloth and put his face to the wall. And God said, I won't do this in his time. I'll do it in his son's time. Um, but he was still, he died in battle. Uh, if you'll remember, we talked a little bit about that yesterday. But um, here we have in 2 Kings chapter 9, where Elisha sends one of the prophets, one of the sons of the prophets, they're told. Uh, he does this odd anointing thing. He goes running in uh, to where uh, Jehu is. Now, Jehu is in Ramoth Gilead. If you remember uh, anything about the cities of refuge, this was the furthest north and east city of refuge. And it was one of those cities that uh, would be attacked by the Syrians quite often. And so they had their captains up there. They had just fought a battle. And the king, Jerom, uh, the son, one of the sons of Ahab, uh, had been up there and had been wounded. And um, the captain stayed up there, Jehu with the other captains. And the son of the prophet came running in asked for him, took him into a back room, uh, anointed him, and said that he would fulfill the prophecy on Ahab. 
and Jezebel and their sons. And then he took off running, didn't salute anybody else, didn't talk to anybody else. And everybody said that was a madman that came running in. And, and but then Jehu comes out and, and he says, who's with me or who's against me? And everybody said, we're with you. And they went towards um, Jezreel, which is where uh, Jerome was and the son of Ahab. And their whole strategy was to get there quickly and before Jerome could make a stand, before he could organize and get things ready. And they came riding in furiously and he shot him with a bow and, and struck him down and everybody got behind Jehu. Um, as Jerome is sending out um, and trying to figure out what's going on just before that, uh, everybody that would go out to meet Jehu, he would say, are you for me or against me? And they would say, we're for you. And they would just fall in with his, his troops that were behind him. And so it made it hard for Jerome to know exactly what was going on. Um, but after Jehu kills him, uh, then he starts killing people that were loyal to him. And, and one of the people that was loyal to him and got caught up in this um, <clears throat> was um, the king of uh, Judah. Um, and, and this king of Judah, I, he was the son-in-law of Ahab. So uh, it, it was understandable why Jehu would go ahead and have him killed. Um, he, he had married... Uh, in fact, his mom was the mother, uh, was Athaliah. So he was kind of like the grandson, distant rel relative of Ahab. But um, Ahaz, Ahaz, I never can pronounce his name right, but A-H-A-Z-I-A-H. So Ahaz, um, and he, he was the, the, the king and he got caught up in this whole mess he got killed along the way, and Jehu just keeps on going uh, there in Jezreel. Uh, that's where um, Jezreel is where Naboth's vineyard had been. Well, it's also where uh, Jezebel was, and he rides around uh, to where her place is, and he yells up, you know, who's on my side? And and, and a few of the people say, we're on your side. And they throw Jezebel out the window and he tramples her over with his uh, horses and chariot and, and kills her that way. And then goes in and eats a meal. And, and then he says, well, we need to bury her because she's, uh, she's a king's daughter. And when they go out, the dogs have eaten her, uh, just like the prophecy said, just like uh, Elijah had, had prophesied over them. And he recalls back the prophecy. And so uh, it's just interesting to see how that worked out. As he continued on, part of the prophecy was that uh, Ahab would not have any descendants that lived. Uh, his descendants would be like the descendants uh, of um Jeroboam, the first king of Israel, and Jeroboam didn't have any descendants that lived. So uh, the prophecy was that Ahab 
would not have any descendants that lived. So um, Jehu sends word to uh, the, the leaders of the city of Samaria, which is where 70 of the sons of Ahab lived. And, and he said, are you set one of your, your master's sons up as king? Cause I'm coming for you. And they said, well, if he, if two Kings could not stand against him, what makes us think that one of these idiots is going to be able to stand up against him? And so they say, we're on your side. He says, well, if you're on my side, um, kill them all and have their heads sent to me. And so that's what happens the very next day. They have two piles of heads uh, that were the sons of Ahab. Very gruesome, very bloody. Uh, and then as that is taking place, more uh, relatives, more uh, of the um, people who were aligned with the king of Judah, uh, they come up to visit the sons of Ahab and there are like 42 of these guys and Jehu has them killed as well and thrown into a pit. Um, so he's very zealous. He just, it's like a bloodbath going on left and right with Ahab's relatives, with friends that might be associated with Ahab. Uh, and then after all this is done, uh, he goes in and says, that Ahab worshipped Baal a little, I'm going to worship him a lot. And he used that as a uh, deception to get all the priests of Baal to give themselves up. And so he had a feast and he said, if you worship Baal, if you're a priest of Baal and you don't show up to this feast, I'm going to kill you. Uh, well, everyone that showed up to the feast, he had them killed as well and, and purged the land of Baal worship. And so uh, God said, what you have done, it was good, um, but you were very zealous and cruel in the way that you did it. And, and so because of this, your house will, will sit on the throne for four generations. And uh, your, your sons will be here for four generations. And that's exactly what happened. Um, but one of the problems with Jehu is he didn't take away this, the, the golden calves that, um, that, uh, Jeroboam had set up back in his day. He had done a lot of good things, but he didn't do all that he should have done. And he could have had a, a much greater impact if he would have taken those, those idols away out of the land and had a revival towards, uh, the things of God. So, what can we learn from Jehu? Well, first off, uh, we should learn that when we follow God, we should follow him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. So much of the time, this is so hard for us to do, is to just keep focused on serving God. Uh, I find constantly in my life that I find another place where, oh, that has uh, first place, or I haven't thought about putting God first in in this area and it, it takes constant work uh the bible tells us in deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 it says this and thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might um it's uh christ quotes it later on uh and, and it just this is one of those major uh verses for the the jewish people it's called their shema 
but it should be for all of us. We should love the Lord our God, the one that created us with all of our being, uh, with everything that we have, we should love him. And, and when we only love him half-heartedly, um, it doesn't say a whole lot for us. Uh, it leaves us in a bad position. So, um, and, and it leaves us in a position where oftentimes we will face judgment because of it, um, because we choose the wrong thing over God. So uh, that's where Jehu found himself. Uh, he left those other gods thinking that, that they would help him with ruling the country. So uh, the next thing that I see is we should also learn that even when we are doing what is right, we need to make sure that we do it in a godly way. Uh, we don't let our anger uh, turn into wickedness. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Um, we need to, if there is something that angers us, and there are going to be things that anger us, there should be because we live in a world that is against God oftentimes. And, and that should anger us, but it shouldn't cause us to sin. We should be able to control our emotions. And it appears to me that uh, Jehu lost control here. He drove furiously uh, and he acted furiously. When he started killing, uh, it became uh, just a bloodbath. And that can happen with our words. Once we open up the floodgate with our words uh, and let wicked words come out, it can become a bloodbath. And, and uh, we can do so much damage with just a few words that are carelessly spoken. So the Bible tells us, be angry and sin not. Let not the, the sun go down upon your wrath. Take care of it quickly. So, um, And then the last thing. God's word is always true. We can count on it. Um, when God said that he would take care of the house of Ahab and it would be wiped out, it was. When God tells us we can trust his word, we can trust his word. The Bible tells us, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Uh, his word is settled forever in heaven. Uh, it won't change. And, and just because we don't like what he says, or just because we don't like what he wants to do, doesn't mean we can change it. So no matter how much we, we fight against God, so we might as well give up early and, and learn to trust him and, and, and learn to just follow after him with the things that he is doing because he'll change our mind. Oftentimes we're deceived. We don't understand uh, why he is doing something. Uh, and that deception can lead us to question his word, to be angry about what he has said. And when we just accept it and, and understand that it's good and right and proper, then we can move forward with confidence. Um, so I hope that's a help to you. I hope that's uh, some, it's one of my favorite stories when I look at it, it just, one of these battle stories and it's just there's so much going on uh yes it's a bloody story it's a uh one that yeah if they made a movie about it it wouldn't be uh, a g-rated movie but uh it just goes to show that god's word is always true and he's going to have the final word here jezebel and ahab 
did not have the final word. So I hope that's a help. And until the next time, auf Wiederhören.